Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Are you ready for hard-hitting observations? Reality remains reality no matter how hard you try to ignore it. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Again, I'm all here for the pop culture, people dating each other for the press. Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. Every so often, and by every so often, I mean literally every 27 seconds when the producer gets fired. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Every week, Michael Rosenbaum is getting deep with someone new on the Inside of You podcast. Let's get inside of Shelly Hennick. So Obliterated is on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I had the best time. And That's it was great. challenging, but it was like the show. It doesn't always happen. Everybody's trying to make a show and you're this not. This was a dream. It's no fun. Genuinely. And if it beautiful. wasn't, I would just keep my mouth shut and talk about something else. Like, yeah, it like, was. Hey, it was fine. Because yes. I've done that. I've asked people and they're like, you know. Yeah. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Wherever you listen. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I wasn't like in a company, and I don't know like how marketing sales. Yeah, you're a brand, you're a company. Yeah, and like Jay Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah, yeah. To that, remind me not to quote any hip hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. <laughs> when you first said, it, I'm like, yeah, he's a businessman. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. Good morning, Birmingham. It is 6.05 with Dixon and Vining Thursday morning, Friday Eve. We're off and running on another one of these things here. Hey, uh, what beautiful weather we have for the next three days. We uh, top out around 60, maybe 61 today. Tomorrow, 66. Saturday, 65. Tomorrow, now they're saying sunny. Saturday, maybe uh, a few clouds move in, but still going to be warm, going to be nice, going to be wonderful. And by the way, even though we have rain on Sunday, next week, still high 50s, low 60s. Boy, I I, I don't want to step out of bounds or, or, or no, jump no, no. the gun on Please this. Please go ahead, step out of bounds. But while we, we, us, we may have a mild winter on our hands here. January was yeah. not mild. Just no. look at your power bill. Well, many people are having a problem with that. We'll <laughs> get into gracious. it a little bit later. But, and maybe um, we need that break from January. No question. Yeah. Uh, of course, it still could be coming our way. But please note, uh, for those of you who are all about global climate change, the one word you're not hearing in relation to this weather is record. No one is saying, oh, it's a record high for this day or a record low for this day. None of that stuff is happening. Uh, we have had much warmer days on February 1st in the past, much colder days. By the way, I stayed up till midnight last night just to make sure that January turned to February. Really? I was just, I wanted to be I, certain. As soon as you said you stayed okay. up till midnight, yeah. I was like, whatever comes after that is all a lie. I, <laughs> <laughs> I know he ain't telling the truth. I don't know what he was doing at midnight, but he was asleep. That man's in bed by 8.30 every <laughs> night, and we know it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The older you get, the more a good night's sleep really starts to be your drug of choice. Oh, it sure is. Uh, I did watch uh, on Netflix last night, I watched The Greatest Night in Pop, which is that uh, documentary about the making of We Are the World, Mm -hmm. which took place 39 years ago, uh, around this time. It was actually January 28th. 
The American Music Awards. Remember when they met something, the AMAs? Oh, yeah. You used to you know, gather yeah. around the TV and watch it. And now yeah, you're like, like the I don't Grammy give Awards. a flip. Yeah. They used right. to mean something to uh, You used to actually care about those. I guarantee that I watched the uh, AMAs that year uh, because I was in music radio. I was a program director. We were at the time a pop station. So, yeah, of course. Yeah, you, you talk. Know. Well, you need to know for the next day because, yeah. you know, I mean, that's in your wheelhouse. And, and, and even though I was a morning guy, staying up past midnight then didn't bother me at all. No. Uh, things change, Richard. It's called age. It was 40 years ago. Yeah. I mean, 39. I was, I was, you know, 21. I was fine. Uh, but, yeah, then they all gathered to do the We Are the World thing. And this is interesting because I always thought, especially watching the video, what they usually do is they, uh, e- even stuff that you see, by the way, on TikTok or things that you see on Instagram or whatever, oftentimes those people are recording those songs elsewhere, and then they are lip-syncing them when they appear to be playing them live on camera. Why? Because actually recording something while you're on camera is not a very... You have a microphone in front of your face. You have miscues, mistakes, whatever. So first you cut the whole thing, you edit it all together, and then you go on video and you lip-sync it like you're actually singing it. That happens probably... 60 to 80% of the time of these videos you're watching, and that's what I thought was going on with We Are the World. But they didn't have time for that. Mm-hmm. So they actually had a cameraman in the studio shooting these people while it was going on, trying to stay out of the way. And maybe the funniest part of it was this cameraman thought it was a paid gig. Oh. Uh, <laughs> at the end of the night, he breaks out an invoice, and everyone's like, ain't no one getting paid here, man. All these people work for free. You're working for free, too. He's like, okay. You know, he's like, I got to be, look at all the people I got to hang Absolutely. out with. How do you not love part, that? You're a part of history. Yeah. Huey Lewis else. plays a big role in this. Mm-hmm. He, he he has kind of a fanboy take on everything because even though they just had sports out for the past couple of years and it was a monster album, he was still new to the industry. So he's looking around going, Harry Belafonte's here. Bob Dylan is here. Willie Nelson is here. Oh, my God. So then when they gave him a solo line, he freaked out. He's like, oh, <laughs> uh, please don't let me suck. I need to. Oh, I need is, to nail this. Yeah, this has got to be good. Uh-huh. Um, I imagine that there was some pressure in that room with some that were, you know, probably awed by some of the other celebrities in there going, oh, God, please don't let it be me that screws it up. As near as I could tell, everyone was awed by everyone. That's like, neat. That's really even neat. Even some of the biggest names there were like, Bruce Springsteen, I'm a big fan of yours. And Springsteen, this was 85. This wasn't, you know, 2024. So you had uh, a lot of fanboying going on and everybody getting each other to sign their music and all that stuff, which was really cool. One of the things I found fascinating about this, and maybe, Steve, you can shed some light on this. You've seen this thing. James Ingram was not only not mentioned verbally in the entire thing, his name did show up in the credits later, Yeah, but no video of him appeared in this. He seemed to be the only person that was, I would say, virtually cut out with malice. Like, they went out of their way to not have James Ingram in this thing. What was the issue with James Ingram? I don't know. Did that's he a good question. Persona Did... non grata or something? Yeah, I don't know. That's the, that's the question. I mean, they even went so far. I, I mentioned this when I talked about it yesterday in the fact that Waylon Jennings walks out in the middle of the whole thing, yeah. and they did mention that. And one would have thought right. if anyone would have been like blackballed, it would have been Waylon Jennings. Right, right. You know, Jason Ingram, yeah, literally you you see him in the credits at the beginning and at the end, and that's pretty much it. He had a line in the song. 
He had a harmony thing that he did with Tina Turner. And they he, didn't show him doing that line. No, they didn't. They cut him out. They they showed him at the end when I they swore, were showing the that. video. But they, they literally had the camera frame so tight on Tina Turner and oh, Billy okay. Joel. Okay, so I heard it. But I, okay. oh yeah, I was like... What the hell's going on? I'm a James big fan. Ingram I standing love James right there. Yeah. Right. He was voice. fantastic. It was really weird that they that seemed to weird. be going well, out of so their maybe way. So maybe there's some there's a backstory to all of that. Maybe Waylon and mm. Ingram got into a big uh, no. tussle. Waylon left because Stevie Wonder was being Stevie Wonder. <laughs> Stevie Stevie Wonder, according to everybody who's ever worked with him, works on his own time. And they actually tell a story about this where Lionel Richie was going to write the song with Stevie Wonder. And he called Stevie up and said, hey, I want to do this. We're going to write this song. It's going to be great. And and uh, Stevie Wonder's like, hey, I'm really tied up right now. I'll call you back. And Lionel says, when Stevie says he'll call you back, he means he'll call you back eventually. Stevie works on his own time. Whenever he gets around yeah. to it. <laughs> Three weeks later, we're like going into the recording session and Stevie's like, I'm ready to write the song now. It's like, dude, it's done. We wrote, me and Michael Jackson wrote this song last week. You are really late. But then in the midst of the recording session, Stevie tries to change the song. We should put some Swahili in there. And then he starts trying to teach Swahili to some of the members. Of, and oh, they're gosh. all looking around here like confused. Here come the egos. Yeah, here yeah. come the egos. And, and that's when Waylon Jennings goes, no good old boy is going to sing Swahili. And he just walked <laughs> out. You know, he's like, I've had enough of this. And eventually Quincy Jones had to do what a, a producer does, which is seize the reins and go, we're, we're doing this as written. Mm -hmm. Everybody get back in line. Stevie, love you. You're a superstar. Shut up. Sit down. Sing your part. We're done we're not changing this right now yeah and, and you know i mean i was becoming impatient watching it what do you got steve i i've looked up james ingram i forgot he passed away january 29th of darn so we can't ask yeah. him what happened so i'm kind of wondering knows. did they have to get permission could be the estate may have and been the like, estate may have no, said you know no we're not interested in that or they may have wanted too much money or i don't know what they were expecting so i don't mm. know could have been it was weird that he was uh, he was left on the cutting room floor uh, nonetheless, after I saw the entire thing, I felt the need to go back and watch the video. And uh, I was also reminded that LaToya and Jermaine Jackson were there. Mm -hmm. Left that part out. Yeah, um, there were a lot of behind-the-scenes people that were actually became big names. Or it, were actually bigger names than what we thought, but they ended up in the background. Yeah, they, well, they couldn't give everybody a line. You no, know, the song was, and, and everybody got kind of half a line. Which was interesting. They went through and they kind of divided this thing up. Al Jarreau was drunk. I did not know oh that. Oh gosh, <laughs> yes. Al! Al was completely drunk. He was. He started celebrating before the thing took off. <laughs> that actually off. made it quite entertaining. That part did. It was because he <laughs> couldn't sing his line to save his life, and they kept working with him and working with him. And that's another one I love. I saw him in concert one time. Al Jarreau, great. Mm, he was stuff. really good. He's great also show. no longer with us. Yeah. Um, uh, Springsteen had just flown in from. He had finished the uh, Born in the USA tour. Literally, not the night before, but the night before that, and he flew the next day, which he never does. He never flies the day after a concert. I don't know why. That's and weird. he showed up driving mm -hmm. himself in a GTO. The two people I saw that drove themselves were Kenny Rogers and Bruce Springsteen. And Both. Kenny Rogers' choice of a car was interesting. It was a Dodge K car. Uh, that's I, I was thinking was that a, is that a Chrysler Laser? <laughs> uh -huh. Was yeah, it was the, the the forerunner to the Laser. As a matter of fact, it was a K car. Well, man of the people, you know, sure, man absolutely. of the people. But it did remind me of just what a what a massive undertaking that had to be, how huge it was. 
They raised something like $80 million for the starving people in Africa, which was, of course, immediately usurped by their leaders, and those people got none of the food. But still, uh, it made us all feel well, better. I'm, I've, I've now got to go watch it, so maybe with it raining Sunday, that'll be where I go. Yeah, yeah. It's an hour and a half. Everybody mm-hmm. I've talked to, I, I thought was, they long? said it was an hour. No, no, it's exactly as long as it needs to okay. be. Uh, not only do you get Lionel Richie, who kind of is the host of the thing because he wrote the song and helped put it together, but you also get Huey Lewis. You get Sheila E., another person who left early, who was like, I think you're just using me to try to lure Prince here, and I don't want to do this oh, anymore. And she, she was kind of right. Yeah, and then later she was like, I'm glad I was part of it. It's cool that I was there. Yeah. And no disrespect to Huey Lewis, you do find out that the line that Huey ends up singing was meant for Prince. Was meant for Prince, exactly. And they're like, well, he's not here, so who? Here, I, I, Huey. Was it Kenny, you're the perfect fit. <laughs> was it Kenny Loggins that said, give it to Huey? Yeah, somebody asked, so. yeah it was yeah. Kenny. So somebody said, Kenny, who do you think we should hand this to? And he goes, oh, how about, how about Huey? He's got a great voice. And so, yeah, That's gave it cool. to him, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Some of those harmonies were come up with on the fly. Like, they they weren't written in. So not only did Huey get a line, but then it was like, oh, also you're going to do this harmony part along with Kim Carnes and um, uh, Cindy Lauper. And he was like, wasn't really harmonizing. oh, great, now I just have to make this stuff up. You know, <laughs> he's just like. The pressure's on. He said three months later when the thing was released and he finally heard it on the radio, he's like, when it got to my line, it didn't suck. And I was like, Whew, okay. That's all that, that matters. That was good. I, mm-hmm. I, I was as good as anybody else in there. You're like, dude. You, you, you're a superstar. You, Don't worry about it. Yeah, Relax. You're fine. Yeah. Really, a super talented individual. I think you'll be okay. No one will confuse him with having delusions of grandeur. Uh, 615 Dixon Divining Work Trucks uh, is downtown 2324 3rd Avenue South when you need your business to have some sort of transportation, whether that be a tool body truck or a cargo truck. Maybe you need to get your tools from place to place. Uh, they have packages to fit any van interior. Whether you're a janitorial service, pest control, electrician, plumber, whatever it may be, these are the guys that can get you in the vehicle of your choice. Uh, you can trade, you can finance, you can get an extended warranty. Every truck has been through a 125-point inspection. They do not sell junk. Many of them still have factory warranties. If not, you can get an extended warranty if you are so inclined. They are the Southeast number one pre-owned work truck dealer for a reason. So many people do great business with work trucks. They're the ones you need to call Work Trucks. Downtown 2324 3rd Avenue South. Work Trucks, T-R-U-X-L-L-C.com. on the web. They are all about trucks. Ah, the Brown Bomber. Widely regarded as the best Zeppelin album of all time, but uh, those people are wrong. Best Zeppelin album of all time is Presence, obviously. It's got their best work on it, their later stuff, before they got all poppy with In Through the Outdoor. You hated the poppy. I didn't hate it. I loved In Through the Outdoor. Zeppelin didn't have a bad album, in my opinion. No, I don't think they but did either. But it's Presence, then three, then two, then one, then four, then In Through the Outdoor, then Coda. No, actually, I left out Houses of the Holy. That comes like third. I was way off. All right, uh, and physical uh, graffiti, got to get that one in there, too. 621-TALK-995-TALK-995.com. Uh, Dixon and Vine, let's dive in and do this thing right here, shall we? And now it's Dixon and Vining's top three things you need to know today. Well, when the um, Republicans and the Democrats agree on something in huge numbers uh, in Washington, it might be time to worry. Yeah, there's concern there, yes. It's also time to worry when they pass a bill like in the dead of night, when you're like, really, you couldn't do this at noon? Why, why, why couldn't you do this in front of all the TV cameras? I'd like to know. House of Representatives Wednesday evening approved a bipartisan tax relief plan to expand several tax credits 
Lower chamber approved the roughly $80 billion tax package, 357 to 70. What this would do if it becomes law, the Tax Relief for American Families and Workers Act of 2024 would expand the child tax credit to $3,600 per child from the current 2000 It would further create low-income housing credits and restore research and development deductions for businesses. Now, I'm sure what happened here is that Democrats said, well, we want to increase the deduction for the child tax credit. You know, we want we want to make sure that the, the child tax credit gets, you know, boosted back up to pandemic levels, mm-hmm. which was $3,600. And by the way, that needs to be a refundable tax credit. I'll explain what that is in a moment. To that, Republicans said, well, if you're going to do that, then we're going to restore these tax cuts for businesses on research and development, which, which means only that, for instance, uh, if you're a business and you advertise with us, you don't have to pay taxes on that money. This advertising is not taxed, and it is a business write-off. You get to write it off as this is something I did to make my business successful. At least that's the way it used to be. I haven't seen any laws that changed since then, but what the heck, I'm, I'm not paying attention to the tax law. Uh, so the same thing, if you decide to go into R&D and spend a lot of money trying to research and develop new products, uh, they'll say, well, the money you spent on that, you don't have to pay taxes on. Okay, fine. I get that. Republicans probably pushed for that. But what is a refundable tax credit? Let's say that you made $13,000 last year, which is nothing. You got a bunch of government benefits. You got welfare. You got mm-hmm. Section 8 housing you know, you got your SNAP program, you got your WIC, you got all that stuff. And then it's tax time, and you sit down and you fill out your tax form, and you say, I made $13,000. And you don't have to put any of the federal assistance that you got on there or state assistance that you got on there. How many kids do you have? Well, I have two kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's $7,200 in tax credits if it's $3,600 each. Now, regularly, what that would mean is, well, you don't have to pay taxes on $7,000, $7,200 worth of income. That's what a tax credit is. Well, all right, fine. Don't pay taxes on any of that money. No, in this case, they call it a refundable tax credit. Whatever taxes you would have paid on that, they actually send it to you. Nice. So the government nice. is writing you a check. Mm-hmm. It's like an earned income tax credit, which I find funny because it's not earned. It's not income. And it's not a tax credit. It's a welfare check that the government is sending you. And what this is, they should. it's called the Tax Relief for American Families and Workers. <laughs> Free money. <laughs> it should be called the We're Trying Desperately to Get Reelected in 2024. Yeah, that's exactly what it feels act. like. Yeah. With any luck, Republicans in the Senate will look at this thing for what it is and go, yeah, we're not doing that. Yeah, and that's where it's headed to next is the Senate, and it may just stop there. But that was a whopping, when you talk about the, the, the vote, 357 to 70, that's that support both sides, Democrats and Republicans oh, yeah. in the House that said, oh, yeah, we want to do this. So, and by the way, it's only good for this year and mm-hmm. next year. Is, and then they're like, and then it's over. You're like, if this isn't a, such a transparent we're buying votes scheme. Sure does feel like that. Good mm-hmm. golly. Open your eyes, America. <sighs> Open your eyes. Alabama power. Oh, they're so magnanimous. <laughs> You know, people are getting these gigantic bills. People who's, uh, you know, usually, oh, my, my electric bill's like 190 bucks. It's 220 bucks in the winter, maybe 300 at a really bad month. $1,400. You're like, what? Yeah, there's some people with bills over $1,000. What That's happens crazy. is your heat pump can only do so much. It really can only heat or cool you about 10 to 12 degrees, uh, according to my HVAC guy, um, uh, above and or below 
where you are, which is why, for instance, if you're trying to cool, you need to do so very, very slowly, you know? Uh, if you're if you're coming to a hot house and you're trying to do it, you need to do it like two degrees at a time. Mm-hmm. Now, once you get the house cool, it'll keep it there. Yeah, but it you know it's going to work hard to get it, even to those two degrees. It'll go crazy to try yeah. to get you there. When it comes to heat, it can only go so far, and then what happens is this emergency heat kicks on, which is essentially a giant space heater. It's this. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's it's essentially uh, resistors that are put into the system that glow red hot. And then air blows across them, and that comes into your house. And that is about the most expensive way to heat a home you can imagine, which is why your tax bill is $1,300. Yeah. Well, Alabama. Well, your Alabama power bill. Alabama yeah. power says, uh, uh, listen, uh, we're, we're, we're not going to shut off your power if you can't pay this. We're no, give we'll, you till, we'll give you till March. March 15th. Mid-March. Let's give you March 15th. You got six weeks Aww. to pay that. This is probably, probably going to get some folks uh, to think about switching to gas heat. Oh, yeah. Um, I have gas heat. I think you do. I have gas Steve, heat. Steve, you have gas heat. <laughs> I mean, the, and, used and to I, no. Unfortunately, we have a heat pump. Oh, oh God bless I you. I can actually uh, back up the fact that our power bill jumped way the hell up. Oh, man. Man. Ouch. That's mm. not good. I'm on budget billing with Alabama Power. I did that years ago. Um, you're not paying anything less. You may even be paying a little bit more, mm-hmm. but at least consistently, you know, month to month, pretty much what you're getting. You know what it's going to be. Yeah, right around what it's going to be. And if you do that, it's so much easier to go ahead and just get on that. Just automatically take it out of my account. You know what's coming. You have an idea of what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's perfectly okay. Uh, but yeah, this is this is not a small amount no, of money the, that the, people are talking the, about. The, and, the numbers that are being thrown out on social media, um, I really feel for people that, you know, they have a kind of a set income. What, what yeah. about some of the elderly people that, you know, are living on their retirement and Social Security and that sort of thing, and all of a sudden you're going along and the, the bill is normally three, three fifty, whatever it is, now all of a sudden it's a thousand dollars. Even you're sometimes, like, oh my gosh. Even sometimes those three fifties are a little tough to make, yeah. you know? So, you know, oh you get a particularly cool bill, it's four hundred. Oh, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna we gotta scrimp and save and we're gonna skip a couple of things this month and whatever. And, and when you suddenly get a thousand plus dollar bill, it's like and you got to come up with the money so the power doesn't get turned off. Good mm. gracious, yeah. Uh, sad tale here: legendary Auburn wide receiver and college football Hall of Fame member Terry Beasley died at his Moody home Wednesday evening. They are investigating it as a possible suicide, most likely. That is mm. what Apparent happened here: self-inflicted gunshot wound is what they're looking at. Yeah, Terry so. Beasley uh, not only played for Auburn and had his number and jersey retired, he played um, 72 to 75 with the San Francisco 49ers as well. And it is believed that he suffered as many as 13 concussions oh, that's during his career. Guys, that's that's, that, that's mm. not a sustainable number. You can't have thirteen concussions and expect. And so, but he was playing in a time where yep. you know that wasn't um, unheard of. A lot of concussions weren't unheard of, and we've learned so much through the years about how that really affects the brain and you know things that it causes, dementia, and Alzheimer's, and ALS, and other things. That's so, exactly what he was suffering really with. Sad. Some of some of those things he had problems with. Uh, memory situations and so on and so forth. He was an All-American in 71. He was a two-time all-conference selection. Still holds several receiving records at Auburn, does Terry Beasley. And and again, this is a guy that played there from 1969 to 1971, 69, 70, and 71. Think about that. Those records still stand over 50 years later. Mm. That is remarkable. 
absolutely That's a remarkable. a heck of a football player, no very, doubt about it. Very sad uh, to have him pass this way, mm-hmm. but uh, life, it do go on. Uh, 628 with Dixon and Vining Rodney's Marine is uh, is waiting for you today. It'd be a great day to get down there. Just go ahead, skip out on work this afternoon, and then skip all day tomorrow. Richard's giving you the pass, folks. Yes, you hear I'm, that? I'll, I'll write a note to your boss if you need me to. <laughs> Richard told me I should go to Rodney's Marine. Please let this listener go to Rodney's Marine and get a Suzuki-powered Silver Wave or StarCraft pontoon or Tritune boat. Yeah, because they got great savings on the 23s. 24s, of course, are in. You can get great savings now because of the off-season. Plus, they got the bass boats and the bay boats from Excel. Some aluminum craft as well. Lots of accessories. What's yeah, not to love? You get those accessories on there now. Or maybe if you've got some uh, upholstery that got torn up, it's your boat from last summer. Uh, go ahead and get it repaired now. This is the best time. Call Rodney's Marine today to make it happen. Those guys are great there. Uh, 525-1500, 525-1500. Rodney'sMarine.com or, like Richard said, go see him in Cropwell, Highway 231, on Lake Logan Martin. All right, about 45 minutes from now, we got uh, Tommy Tupperville, who is going to be calling us and talking to us about a number of issues, probably including this ridiculous border bill that includes money for Ukraine and uh, and Israel. Uh, we'll see if we can't dig into that a little bit when the time comes. 635, welcome in. Dixon and Vining, Talk 99.5, talk99.5.com. I'm Valerie Vining, he's Richard Dixon. And don't forget, download our app, we would love for you to do that, talking with Tommy Tuberville in about oh, 40 minutes or so, and you don't want to miss that interview. If you download the app, you won't miss it. And that way, wherever you are, you can catch all 13 hours of live and local programming right here on Talk 99.5. So make sure you get that done today. It's an excellent way to take us wherever you go. Oh, yeah, 635 with Dixon and Vining, and today is a good day to go places because it's going to be nice. It's going to be 60 for a high today. And we are going to be enjoying 66 tomorrow and about 65 on Saturday. So you got three good days lined up here. There is no reason in the world to not take big-time advantage of it. If you can make it happen, please do. Mm-hmm. Mid- Mid-February in this kind of weather, yeah. Get out, get out, get out. It's sometimes difficult to uh, figure out, uh, you know, who you can believe in terms of, oh, insiders. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, we've got inside information from this person or that mm-hmm. person. And it really comes down to, um, I don't know, sourcing, I guess. Who do you trust? When when somebody prints something, do you look at that news organization and say, well, they're a trustworthy group of people? Because the New York Times and the Washington Post have basically lost any and all credibility. So has CNN. They reported so much stuff about the Russian collusion hoax without bothering to do even the tiniest bit of homework that it was it's difficult to take them seriously now. They also reported gleefully the stories about... Uh, uh, you know the French cemetery of of, of U.S. veterans and and uh, Trump not going there, and then you find out later that huge numbers of people completely dispelled that nonsense, and you never can find a source for this, et cetera, et cetera. What, we had another one of these stories pop up the other day as we had uh, quote someone close to Trump end quote oh, and don't you love that? another source with knowledge of the matter. I like, love stop. the stop either quotes. source it or be quiet. And, and they you both know? say that Donald Trump has uh, has declared war on Taylor Swift because <laughs> she was the person of the year and he's more popular than she is and that's just wrong, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, okay, first off, I don't believe for I, I believe that Trump is that petty. Could be. But I don't believe that he's declaring war on Taylor the man has got court dates lined up from here until the end of eternity. He has a little more on his plate than to worry about Taylor Swift. Pretty sure he's not that concerned about Taylor Swift. 
But then on the other side, you get folks that are supposedly on the inside of the Biden administration uh, who are so-called whistleblowers who are saying he is going to try through executive order to insist upon background checks for every single firearm purchase, including those that are made personally. If I were to sell you a gun, we would have to go down to a, a federally licensed firearms dealer and and run you through a background check before I could do it. Now, that is, as we know, certainly since the Biden administration took over, uh, the FBI, who handles a lot of these checks, and ATF, they've been uh, they have been holding on to these records for far longer than they're supposed to, which is a nice record of who owns guns, or at least who wanted to buy a gun. Right? I could go down, get a background check, then decide not to buy it. But now I'm on a list somewhere. They've got me in their records as well. This guy has a gun. Now, sadly, I, you know, I lost them all in a boating accident. But still, <laughs> this is the uh, th- this is this is the wrong road to be going down. Banning private gun sales? Uh, no. Well, it's not technically banning. Yeah, but, but it is. It is making it more restrictive. And I think the courts have already ruled. You don't have that kind of. Power. This is no, this is a don't. legislative. They're, they're, thing. This is far overreach. And and the thing is, if you're concerned about you know, people that are getting guns. Lynn, let's talk about some of the uh, cases that we know where somebody's gone into a school and shot it up. They went in and, and bought, they bought the gun, not usually not from a private yep. gun sale. They went in and legitimately from a gun store, bought a, bought weapons and ammunition and everything else. In many cases. And why in the world then are you worried about private gun sales? Yeah. Uh, ghost guns and private guns are not the problem here. Um, the problem is, of course, mental health in most cases. Absolutely. We don't have any more or fewer guns around now than we did 50 years ago. And you never heard about people shooting, you know, schools or malls up in 1974. I know I was alive. I went to the mall a lot. There were no shooters there. You never saw anybody shoot. Never heard of that. The first school shooting that I can really recall was Columbine, which is not to say that it was the first one. I'm sure there were others. We just didn't have the means of disseminating that information. That was one of the first ones that took place, you know, on national TV where we were able to sort of hover with helicopters and go, here's the SWAT team, and here they are standing around and not going in, and horrible things is happening in the school, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, that that's the real issue here is that what they're really trying to do and what they've always been trying to do is stop the private ownership of firearms, and specifically those firearms that could be used to defend yourself against a government gone awry. That's really what they want, is to take the guns out of the hands of citizens who might use them to defend themselves against a government that ain't acting right. And before you say, oh, that's just crazy, Richard. Oh, that's insane. You're off the reservation here. That's never going to happen. Do you remember the story of Clive and Bundy? Do you remember the guy? He was letting his cattle graze on federal lands. He was ordered by a judge, you have to stop doing that. He kept doing it. They said, look, we mean it. It's going to get serious. The feds kept taking him to court. He kept letting his cows do it. Then the federal government ruled that his cattle were going to be seized. The federal government was going to show up, and they were going to take the cows off of this federal land. Now, understand, this land had been used for grazing for generations. It was only that administration, which I think was the Obama administration, that decided arbitrarily, that's off limits now, we're not going to let that happen anymore. 
And any good rancher could look at it and go, there's no good reason for that. And you, yeah. What, what's changed? What's the what's all these yeah. years that we've been doing this while all of a sudden now? You know what's going to what? happen is this is suddenly going to become overgrown, and here you're wasting a lot of good cow food, and here's our opportunity to take advantage of it. It's federal land. It's just sitting there. It's not doing anything. He let his cows continue to graze. Well, the federal government showed up, and a whole bunch of other people showed up too. A bunch of ordinary citizens with AR-15s showed up, and they blockaded the path and made it clear, hey, feds, if you try to come any closer, we'll shoot you. And we're not going to be shy about it. We're not afraid of shooting you. Uh, the federal government toyed with the idea, do we call in the National Guard? What do we do? There was a standoff of several days there. And eventually they withdrew. They said, you know what? This is more trouble than it's worth. We'd prefer not to hurt anybody or to be hurt by anybody. And then... Within a couple of weeks, this thing went back to court, and a federal judge said, man, the federal government screwed this case up horribly. They never had a case to begin with. The law was was passed unconstitutionally, That the, not the law, but the uh, 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 edict, the order that was handed down from Obama was unconstitutional. Of course you can graze your cows on that land. Now think about what might have happened if those people hadn't been there with AR-15s. The cattle would have been seized, yes, they probably would have, would have been slider, uh -huh. slaughtered. Clive and Bunny and family would have been out God knows how much money, and the federal government would not only never apologize, but would never make them whole. It took average citizens with AR-15s standing their ground and saying, you're not coming. You're, this is not going to happen. And that is how you protect yourself against a government gone awry, because that was a perfect example of a government gone awry. And that's why you push back when you hear about things like this that the Biden administration wants to do. You've got to push back. Um, we should have the ability to always own, purchase weapons. Of course, there are some circumstances where you can't, but mm -hmm. don't, don't push back, folks. Do not let this happen. I mean, and there shouldn't be any problem with me and you privately wanting to exchange and sell a weapon. Exactly. There should be zero issue with that. And by the way, if he were to do this, if he were to issue this executive order and say, from now on, every single gun sale is going to have a background check, and you quietly sold me a gun under the table with no background check, who would know? No one. How, how would anybody be able to tell what had happened here? You know, that that's the insane thing is that if you if you this the guys who are buying, you know, firearms out of a trunk down in Bessemer or over in, uh, you know, East uh, East Lake, they're still doing that. And mm -hmm. these these this is the vast majority of gun deaths in America. Right. And what are you going to do, Joe Biden, about those that actually steal a gun out of a car? I mean, yeah. What what now? Somebody has a weapon. What do you do about that? Or yes. break into a house and, right. and, and, and take rob the their entire collection or whatever it may what, be. What do you do with that? I, you know, that's the I mean, problem. The, the here. gun is exchanged hands in an illegal way, but it, they it, the gun is no longer in your possession. It belongs to someone else. Mm -hmm. What is that? When you start talking about firearms deaths, they always love to throw in this number 33,000. 33,000 firearms deaths in America last year. Well, first off, 11,000 of those were suicide. Um, you could accomplish the same thing with a rope mm -hmm. or a Knife length of hose any, and your that, car yeah. in the garage mm -hmm. or pills or a high building, whatever it is you want to do there. Yeah, a knife, you name it. You, you, you could accomplish the same thing in multiple ways. Uh, so take those out. Now you got 22,000. When you take those that are caused by injury, uh, accident, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you know, there's about another 4,000 involved in that. So now you're down to 18,000 deaths. And when you take out those that are done basically gangland violence, 
uh, drug lords and drug gangs shooting at each other That's and killing each other. huge swath you, of the You numbers. cut that number more than in half. And, and this is the real problem here. How about we go after those guys and take that 8,000 off the books and start doing things like, I don't know, you pick up a felon in possession of a firearm, you actually follow through and put him in federal prison for five years with no chance of parole. And then you can stop worrying about private gun sales. Sort of feel like that's a deterrent right yeah, there. You would think so. Crazy. Sorry. I know we're off the reservation here coming up with all these kooky concepts of, I don't know, enforcing the law as it's written. That would be nice. Stupid. 646 with Jason Finding. Mm. You'd think this uh, nice weather would have put me in a good mood. You're getting there. It's okay. I am? It's early. Are yeah, you sure? we're still in the six o'clock hour. Mm. Just wait till we get to seven o'clock. All It'll right. be a whole That's new good. ritual. It'll be the magic day, the magic <laughs> moment that things kick in That's and everything it. is sunshine yes, and lollipops and roses. the sun comes up and, and you'll see. Watch. All righty. We'll see. 650 talk 995talk995.com. It is Dixon inviting as the sun slowly works its way over the horizon and begins to warm the earth below. On this lovely Tuesday, uh, th- Tuesday, Thursday, excuse me. I was, I was throwing yeah, the week in reverse take, there. Yeah, don't take us back. Like, whoa, yeah. Huh? Uh, to me, it's still January. It's January 32nd today. February 1st today. February the 1th. Mm-hmm, the 1th? Yes. And 29 days Very in the month. Don't get messed up. How about this? Tomorrow is Groundhog Day. Punxsutawney Phil or what What do they call the guy here? Colonel Beauregard or something like that? I know there was a Birmingham Bill at one time. Birmingham Bill, Bill that's who it is. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Birmingham Bill is supposedly going to come out and tell Predictions? us. Predictions? What do you want to say? What the weather is going to be. I, uh, judging from the way things are right now, mm-hmm. he's going to see his shadow. Tomorrow's oh, yes. going to be nice. Big shadow. And then, then uh, that supposedly means six more weeks of winter. But uh, like I said, Groundhog's betting about 500. <laughs> Groundhog ain't right about much of this stuff. You know, no. he's, he's about as good as flipping a coin when you mm. get right down to it. Just an excuse to drink. Yeah. Wait. And dress up. Do we need an, a, an excuse to drink? Is no. that a new thing where we actually some, have to come up with an excuse to drink? I guess you need an excuse to drink if you're if you're checking out the shadow early in the morning. I would rather not need an excuse to drink. I want to just be able to drink without having excuses. <laughs> There's no excuse for your drinking. What? All right, what can I tell you? Uh <laughs> There's a lot in the news today. That's it's, part it's of the ridiculous problem. We've got so much. <laughs> how much we have in the news. You may have seen this um, hearing yesterday where they brought in the social media guys. I said it. I just don't think it's going to lead to anything. and others. I, I don't know that Congress can pass a law that would make a difference. I'm not sure they should. I'm not sure they should. It. it, it you're trying to wrangle something that has so many tentacles. I don't mm. know how in the world you do that. I mean, and again, Zuckerberg had turned around. They asked him to apologize. He turns around to the crowd and yeah. apologizes. Sorry. It's like, what, what sorry, do you sorry, want sorry. me to do? You have blood on your hands. It, you know, social media is a little bit like a gun, which is what we were just talking about. It's got to be left up to, you know, Parents and adults to try to figure that out. It is it is a tool. Mm-hmm. It is a tool that you can use for good, i.e., sharing cat videos, or for evil, bullying somebody, saying negative things about people, driving them down, hurting their self esteem, and how you view it. By the way, it didn't take me long when it came to Facebook and Instagram to figure out people don't generally post pictures of their worst moments. No, it's always. 
flowers, roses, mm-hmm. sunshine, oh, happy. Look at me. I'm in Cancun. <laughs> look at me. I'm on a fabulous vacation in Italy. Oh, look at my new car. It's always about the good stuff. Uh, nobody is going to talk about how miserable they are behind the scenes or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's the sort of happy face that you show the world and try to make everybody believe that you're doing great. So when you go on social media and you see these posts from your friends and you go, everyone's doing better than me. No, they're all living lives of quiet desperation, just like you are. You're, We're pretty you're, much all in the same boat. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's got pretty a hole close. in it. There's a hole? Yes, there's a hole oh, in no. the boat. We're sinking quickly. I need some of that stuff that, you know, hmm? st- stops it. What is it called? Uh, the, the, you need the, 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 the quick... The sealer, the, the sealer se- stuff. Yeah, the, what whatever is that? that is. Flex seal. Flex seal. Yeah, thank flex you. seal. Yeah. You want the tape need... or do you want the roll-on stuff? Uh, the roll-on, please. You're, you're, really? I'm not yes. sure that's good. You I'm not sure that's the right stuff I just need something. Stop the water coming in the boat. Yeah, what we need is a new captain. Captain Biden ain't doing it for us. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's how do you use it? How do you consume it? How do you look at it? And what do you post? So uh, there has to be some parental control. And and you can take this back to television. When cable TV made its appearance in the early '80s, I want to say. Am I being? I know some places had it in the late 70s, a yeah, lot of smaller towns part, and things. but Widespread early yeah, 80s, just, yeah. yeah. It became widespread in the early 80s. I had, at one point, 30 cable channels. I could have paid extra and gotten HBO. I didn't have that kind of money. I had radio money. Radio money means I was stealing cable from someone you else. You were stealing cable? Shh. I don't think the statute really? of limitations is up no, on I that. I don't think it is either. But if you left your kids to their own devices, they could, for instance slip down on a Friday or Saturday night, watch a little Skinamax, expose themselves to things that maybe they shouldn't be exposed to, mm-hmm. right? And, and as cable grew, there were more and more channels that were showing more and more movies, not necessarily Skinamax-style movies, but movies that had R and, and MA ratings that kids could view. Remember when Congress came up with the V-chip? Oh, so this is going to be great. We could put this thing in. And it, it will stop uh, you from being able to watch these things. And eventually it was ruled unconstitutional and said you can't do that. Um, I knew a woman who had raised her son, and her son turned out to be a real piece of work. I didn't want to say work there, but we're on the yeah, radio. Yeah, we know what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. He basically was a homeless bum. He kind of lived on buses. He just kind of kept transporting himself from place to place. He begged for food. He was one of those guys you see by the side of the highway with a will work for food sign, but he had no intention of doing any work. He just wanted you to give him money. He also had a daughter. And this woman was now raising her daughter, and she was all bent out of shape when the V-chip was ruled unconstitutionally decided not to pursue this thing because they said, you, you can't, this is blocking this out from people who have a constitutional right to see it if you're, it was crazy. And she was Absolutely furious. Well, I mean, what is, I said, what about parenting? Have we tried you parenting? You need to do that. It's yeah. kind of your job to be the person who says, you can watch this, you can't watch that. Well, I don't have that kind of time. This is difficult. And I'm thinking, you know, you did such a good job raising your son. I'm sure your granddaughter's going to turn out oh, fine. Oh, gracious. Uh, yeah, you, you as the parent are the first line of defense. And I know sometimes kids will find a way to get around things. Absolutely. Um, I was just talking to somebody the other day where the child got the phone taken away and wasn't able to text. Well, they happen to have a laptop. And so there's a way to you mm-hmm. know communicate with all your friends that you want to sure. on your laptop in a text message form. And it's 
It's like, you know, if they want, they'll figure it out. Yeah. And again, as a, as kid, a, as a parent, you, I guess you got to eliminate everything, all those possibilities if you're that concerned about it. As a kid, I feel like it's your job mm-hmm. to go through that, <laughs> to actually try to figure out how can I do an end around on what my parents are yeah, doing. Because but, but, your whole life you're going to try end around. Uh, yeah, that is. <laughs> Get going, kid. If, if chop, it's chop. Your, if it's not your parents, it's your boss. I can tell you that. There's an end around but, everything, right? <laughs> but, but, you know, you say, well, well, what are you suggesting, Richard, that you have to watch every show that your kid watches to approve it? And the answer is yes, I did that. I made sure that I knew exactly what my kid was watching, how much TV time she had, that she was watching stuff that was okay, that was wholesome, that was acceptable, that wasn't filling her head with garbage, negative. There was a show that she really liked, and I can't remember the name of it because I saw an episode where um, they told a kid, it was a cartoon, parents told a kid, you know, you got to get a, a, a B or better on this final to go camping this weekend, otherwise you have to stay with grandma. And the kid failed the test. Yeah. And so he stayed with Grandma, and they went off camping, and then they all missed him. And so they went back and got him and brought him along because they missed him. And I was like, that'll be enough of that show. Mm -hmm. You're not watching that anymore because that teaches a terrible lesson. You can get an F, and you still circumvent. I'm like, no, that doesn't happen in this house. If I say you don't get to go camping because you got an F. You don't get to go camping. You get to stay with Grandma. And she's like, yay, I love Grandma, and I hate camping. I'm like, this this lesson is lost. This completely backfired Uh on me. Now, there has to be consequences, and you as a parent have to set the parameters. And, and again, and, sometimes things squeak by, but you got to do the best you can. And if you don't want them to, you know, again, there's plenty of parents that say, my child's not going to have a cell phone and be on social media until they're of whatever age that is. Yeah. And it's important to set those parameters wherever you are on that. No matter how much they're going, well, everybody else has a phone when mm-hmm. everybody else and everybody else and everybody else. If I'm everybody like, else jumped you know off what? the Empire State <laughs> Building, would you jump? Probably. Where you go. Yeah. I don't care about everybody else. I only care about you. Sort of a lemming, Mom. I'll jump wherever anyone says to jump. The cool kids are doing it. I yeah, know. I know. Cool kids are doing it. <laughs> you you got a parent. And, and that's to. why... I, I look at this social media thing and I look at Congress and I look at Josh Hawley and Lindsey Graham with their whole, you have blood on your hands. And you know, I'm like, you're grandstanding for your constituents. Stop it. This is ridiculous. If you're not going to pass meaningful legislation that maintains the freedoms that we have, I mean, meaningful legislation would be doing away with that ridiculous rule that says you can be both a platform and a publisher. No, you're one or the other. If you're a publisher, you're responsible for what's on there. If you're a platform, you're not. You can't be both. You have to do away with that ridiculous, what is it, 320 or something? You need to do away with that and either hold these people responsible for what they're doing or say, if you're a platform, you don't get to tell people what they can and can't Mm -hmm. post. Exactly. But you have to make them take a side. And they're not going to do that. You know why? Zuckerberg gives them millions of dollars in campaign funds every year. Once again, follow the money. Follow the money. As always. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. 
Every week, Michael Rosenbaum is getting deep with someone new on the Inside of You podcast. Let's get inside of Shelly Hennig. So Obliterated's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I had the best time. That's it was great. challenging, but it was like the show. It doesn't always happen. Everybody's trying to make a show and you're this not. This was a dream. It's no fun. Genuinely. That's and if it beautiful. wasn't, I would just keep my mouth shut and talk about something else. Like, yeah, it like, was. hey, it was fine. Because yes. I've done that. I've asked people and they're like, you know. Yeah. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Wherever you listen. Are you ready for hard-hitting observations? She is the least credible person I may have ever seen on camera. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Guys, not everything is 40 chess. Why can't we just laugh? Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. We all know I'm the number one rapper in the world thanks to Facts by Tom McDonald. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Let's get into season four, episode three, Facade. People get picked on. I got picked on. But Scabby Abby, Scabby, the whole school yeah, just I hurt see. me. I felt like it wasn't real. If I may, I want to defend the storytellers. The people who created the show wanted you to feel like these people were the worst people ever. They pretty much said the whole school of Smallville High are bad people. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. <laughs> 